right, everybody, welcome back to Choose Inclusion. Um, today, we are doing a couple things. So one is continuing our Black Voices Matter segment. Um, but two, because this person is also um, part of the disability community, kind of talking a little bit about the 30th anniversary of the ADA, which was just yesterday. So uh, first of all, hello to Nina and Mike, my partners in crime. How are you two? All right, how are you doing, UB and Mike? I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I, I, I just found out I was better, Nina, and I'm, I'm ecstatic. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Mike is now on the payroll. <laughs> well, thank you both for being here as always. And I want to introduce producer, actor, and advocate right here in Denver, Colorado, Stuart Tucker Lundy. Stuart, thanks for being here. And um, first off, how are you doing? I'm doing well. First of all, thank you guys for having me. And I, I'm loving the fact that you guys are employing uh, uh, blind guys. And, uh, you know, that's a cool thing. <laughs> I just got to mess with Mike because I love him. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he, uh, I mean, listen, Mike, you know, that's Mike's mission and, and we're just trying to live in the values that Mike instills in us. So that's why we brought him on board. Exactly. <laughs> I, I just got to know when my first payday is. That's all, Stuart. I uh, yeah. See, see, sticking to you again. The man's got you. <laughs> uh, no, I but that's your question. I'm doing fantastic. Good. I'm doing good. fantastic, you know, in the midst of a pandemic and a racial upheaval i think i'm doing quite well so uh yeah it's, you know it's uh sometimes when you get up in the morning you look at things and you're just like what the hell is going on you know you pick a uh, turn the news on and you start to immediately start getting put thrust back in this world we live in so yeah so the first couple of minutes just like are blessed because you don't know anything and you turn the tv on and you're like shit okay i still live in 2020 <laughs> yeah no no kidding well and and I mean, so, I mean, what has it, what has it been like? Like, what have you been experiencing since, um, you know, since COVID and then since George Floyd's murder? Like, what has been your combined experience as a Black man, but also as, you know, someone who's disabled? Well, you know, it, it, the pandemic uh, uh, hit me. It was back in March, obviously, and, uh, you know, my world or the world of a person with a disability, at least my physical disability, I'm in a wheelchair. And, uh, you know, from the time you get injured, I got injured about 36 years, 37 years ago. I'm 52 years old now. I was 14 at the time. But, um, you know, the, what they gear you for is this, you know, go out, be a productive member of society when you're in rehab, physical rehabilitation and, and whatnot. Um, so, you know, that's all you train for in essence. It's like, you know, I want to get getting back outside. Then a pandemic hits and they say, stay inside. You're like, what the fuck? I, I, I don't know what else to do. So I don't know how to live. So, I mean, I, I've had to get used to it. I've gone from uh, literally having uh, ang not a big anxiety attack because I don't like to over, I don't want to like, like to use that word too much anxiety because a lot of people are going through serious, serious anxiety and me just being worried about silence outside, I don't think it's, it's, it's up there, but um, I digress. But, uh, um, but yeah, you know, I would have like, you know, this thing where at nighttime around 1230 or 11 o'clock at night, 
I just would get a weird feeling because I didn't hear anything outside. And we live downtown Denver, so, you know, I'm used to the noise down here. That's what we live down here. And you wouldn't hear that, and it just got quiet, and it just sort of freaked me out. It would go through some really dark thoughts in my head and everything. And uh, then, you know, fast forward, the George Floyd thing happened, and, whoa, my uh, world just uh, it changed a lot. I mean, watching that man, uh, I mean, it's stuff that, you know, as black folks, some of us have dealt with quite long we've known about it quite a long time like uh like the quote from will smith he says uh you know uh, racism is always that stuff has always been around we just have cameras and we're getting on film a lot more so it's been around you just haven't seen it you know and uh, or heard about it you know so or you've been you have been hearing about it in volume that you're hearing about now but the day that i did see that video i have to admit was probably the hardest eight minutes and some odd minutes that i've watched uh to make a grown, dignified black man yell out for, oh boy, get chills to think about it, yell out for his mother, and he knows he's about to die. That shit just, yeah, I felt like I was watching, I've never seen a lynching uh, in person, but I can just think to myself, this is what it is like to be at a public lynching, and that's what it felt like to me, and it just... It fuck with me. It still does fuck with me. Even when I think about it, I just like, oh, man, man, man. You know, I, mama, mama, I can't breathe. Help me. Oh, it, it, even now, it just, it just, it messes me up. But yeah, um, so yeah, that happened, and uh, uh, you know, all the riots and all that kind of stuff that's still happening. And but when it was in full force down here, downtown Denver, we heard a lot of crazy stuff, and. Uh, it worried me, but uh, right now I'm in the place of this is not my generation's fight. This is uh, a group of, this is everybody's fight. It's not just for black people anymore because uh, a lot of white folks are seeing things that they probably have would never be exposed to uh, because they weren't sitting in the house 24-7. You're in the house 24-7. It's like Black History Month, but 365 days a week. I mean, you're getting a lot of education. I know I am. And... Uh, and just things I've never seen so many things. I, I didn't even know there were that many black mayors and governors in the United States until I started seeing this George Floyd thing happen. I'm like, oh, people come on CNN, and I'm like, okay, I didn't even know we even had a black governor in that area. We had a black mayor, or this person. So it's a double-edged sword, but I think it, it's um, it's needed. Um, this is needed, and uh, I think that people, what they say, if you don't. Those who do not remember the past are condemned to repeat it. I don't think we were paying attention the first couple of times around. So I think it was inevitable. I really do think it was inevitable. This is inevitable. So, yeah. yep. Sorry. <laughs> well, Stuart, I I so appreciate the um, like. It, it's the first time I actually heard somebody. Um, Describe it like you did, where it uh, must have been like a public lynching that uh, that brought chills to me, Stuart. So I uh, um, I couldn't agree more. I, I I I don't I don't I don't know if many people have ever really been able to uh, have the experience of wa- watching somebody die like that. You know, at natural mm-hmm. death. So I think that was a, a amazing way to describe it. But I, I'm really curious being part of the disability community as well, you know, what, what, 
you know, because yes, you're 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 part of the the black community, but you also have a unique <clears throat> lens as being part of the disabled community. And I'm just curious on from that standpoint, um, you know what. What's what's a little bit different for you, you know, while you're going through all this, right? You know, is there, you know, I'd, I'd love to get it from that lens, you know, uh, you know, have you yeah. participated in the uh, in the protests, all that kind of stuff, and what what, what has been your experience? Well, you know, it's funny, Chris, uh, because uh, um, uh, did I just call you, Chris? That's so messed up. I'm sorry, Mike. <laughs> um, it's so weird. I've been because, called uh, worse, Stuart. Don't worry about it, buddy. I yeah, I know you have because I've called you that. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm totally joking with you. Um, no, it, it's it's weird because you know I was black before I was uh, in a wheelchair. So I mean, I've seen these things, and then with the being a disabled person and things, you know, you really can't. Uh, I, I I'm seeing them through the lens of inequity, um, the things not being fair. Um, just the other day, you know, I was sitting here and I got a little bit of a, tw- we were, we were playing our music a little bit loud, not loud, but you know, loud enough. And for a brief moment, I thought to myself, damn, and my wife was sitting here in the kitchen or in the kitchen. And I'm like, wow, if somebody complains about this and they can kick open the door and shoot me and, and shoot my wife, it's not a damn thing I could say about it. You know, and that's that. that got me a little bit, but to answer your question, speaking about it from a disabled point of view or a person with a disability, I'm, I'm, I'm conflicted as well as um, I, I don't know which direction. To, I know what direction my heart tells me is like, okay, stick to the black plan, stick to the black plan, black lives like, But I know the inequities that we as folks with disabilities are, have always, uh, have not been uh, afforded and things like that. So. Um, I, I feel like I'm doing dual work, to be quite honest. You're talking about that paycheck. I feel like I need to be paid for this. This is some, <laughs> I mean, I'm on both fronts. You know, I'm thinking about the, I'm trying to do as much of support as I can with Black Lives Matter. But, you know, you, you're like, uh, you, know, you had ADA come up the other day or today. And uh, um, I was never a, in both arenas, I have never been a full just, you know, just strong-headed, just, you know, bam, I'm in there and I'm march and all that kind of stuff. Um, I don't feel the need for it. I'm a little too old. Uh, and also, um, I feel I just work a different way. I'd rather sit down and have a discussions or, 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 or platforms like this. I'd rather talk about it like this. Uh, the protesting thing, I've never been a really big fan of it as far as me. Now, for other people like Atlantis, Adapt, uh, people like that, that's great. They're needed. They're, they're absolutely needed because you got people who will, will just blatantly ignore you. And so both of these, I can see the arc of where they are needed and where they need to be changed at. It's just sometimes, some days I'm 50% uh, Black Lives Matter, and then other days I'm kind of going, like this week I've been totally, uh, or this week I'm going to be totally uh, 50th or 30th anniversary ADA, you know, and uh, tweeting about that, trying to get that platform out or get that notice. Why are there people that still uh take acting roles and they are not disabled they're not uh they're not uh, they don't have a disability and uh you know we talked about that when i was doing uh acting for family and they call it uh crip washing uh if you have blackface you have uh uh things like that what they call it crip break crip break uh crip facing because you take and put a person that has that doesn't have a disability and you put them in a role that somebody can get with no problem now I, like I said, I go back and forth with that because 
the same thing can happen to black Americans. You get somebody who's a, a, a good black actor, but they don't, sometimes Hollywood doesn't see that role as a role that a black man or a black woman can play. And I'm in the area of, well, what about a black person with a disability? So I'm hitting them with all the trifectas up in here, you know. So, um, yeah, so it, it's got me, if anything, to answer it, it leaves me fractured. <laughs> it does. I, it's a mental mind fuck sometimes. And uh, sometimes I have to back away from it, get some perspective, and then go in fresh. Because uh, um, if I talk about it on a regular basis and try to do the work as far as getting out there and, and uh, you know, being that beacon, if you will, for lack of a better word, it gets it gets exhausting. So I have to take a break. So uh, did I answer your question? <laughs> I went on a long rant. I don't know if I answered your question or not. I definitely think my, you uh, answered Mike's oh, question. Oh. Um, but I think part of, I think you brought up a really good point Stuart, that I want to acknowledge, um, and and that's the fact that, you know, you are being asked to do free labor all the time, right? Like the the mm. people are coming to you and saying, here, educate me on disabilities, educate me on, you know, black voices and and things like that, and and we're we're guilty of that too. Like I want to acknowledge the fact that we aren't able to pay you right now. As much as we would love oh, no, to. No, 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 and, uh, no. Believe no, no, me, if I didn't like you, I would, I would be like, <laughs> no. I like you. The only reason you got in is because of the blind guy. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt you we are doing thank. us a favor. I, no doubt you're doing us a favor on this. But I do want to acknowledge that uh, you know, one of the things that we want to do is to be able to get sponsors. We've been talking about this. We want to get sponsors and be able to pay the black voices that come on and share their time. Um, they're very valuable time. Um, and so I do want to acknowledge that. Thank you for, for giving that time to us today. Um, as, a, as a question I have for you, you know, part of what we're doing is that, you know, yesterday was the 30th anniversary of the Americans with Disability Act. And you, you, mm -hmm. you generously offered your age age 52, you said. So then you, you lived in a world that was, you know, this is not old, right? So you lived in a world mm -hmm. pre-ADA and you lived in a world post-ADA. How have you seen yeah. this, this, you know, legislation actually have an impact on you and the lives of people with disabilities or has it really had enough of an impact? Well, you know, I think it has and then, well, I know it has because I, it was so good. This is how good the ADA, ADA law was or is. Obviously, everything needs improvement. But I didn't know that I was in a wheelchair until I got around other people in the wheelchairs. So I didn't really, I, you know, it wasn't a thing for me because after I got injured when I was 14 years old, I just, you know, got back to, started to, to try to continue my life as I knew it. And uh, so it wasn't until... I got around other folks. I got up, went to Craig Hospital for the first time. I think it was in 1997 or so. And um, I, it wasn't a problem. But then that's when I was like, oh, I look like that. Oh, I do that movement. Oh, I did. And it, it was a thing where, like I said, I didn't realize how good my life was until I was. It was put there. It's like you know, well, check this ADA. I think it's one of my first jobs in. Uh, it was in Colorado Springs, and I worked at an independent center uh, down in Colorado Springs. And, man, I got educated quick because I was like, oh, shit, I've been taking this for granted. I just thought you just get on a bus and it's not a problem. Oh, I thought you just 
do this. It wasn't until there was a lack of it or it wasn't showing up. And I was like, oh, wait a minute, this is a problem. Like the first time I took a bus and I was down in the Springs and I went to the bus stop and the guy was like, okay, the next bus will be coming probably with a lift. Uh, I would say give you about maybe 20, 35 minutes or so. I'm like, what? 35 minutes for a damn bus? Shit, I can just roll out and make it there by myself, you know. But I just didn't understand. Like, okay, well, why aren't there lifts on every bus? So then that's where working for the independent center and knowing these rights and everything else, then I started getting more into it. Like the, the people who would climb up steps and block the buses and, and, you know, I was like really fascinated. I was like, wow, these are some badasses. Some serious, I mean, it did nothing. I mean, just, I mean, you know, fortunately we buried John Lewis today. So, you know, it reminded me of that, of the nonviolent or the, the, the right to be there without the good trouble, as he said so eloquently, getting into good trouble. And those folks got into a lot of good trouble. And I can't say that I would be that guy that would be either a good black protester marching. I don't know if I'd be a good marcher because I don't want to fuck somebody up. And so <laughs> I don't know if I would be a good protester because I, 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 don't, I don't think I have the, the, the temperament for it because I can go from, not that I have anger issues or something like that, but I just would probably find it really hard to stare a police officer in the face. I mean, I have respect for law enforcement, but but to know that at this point, after especially after George Floyd, after some of the things that I've seen and witnessed for the people that were for DAP and uh, uh, the, the people who are on the front lines out there doing it, I don't know if I could do it because, like I said, I oh God, it would make me so mad. And I, I don't want you guys to think that I'm like you know just this, this Hulk guy in a wheelchair is like looking to slam everything. No, it's totally not. It's just that I think that I'm a better communicator when I am a one-on-one and we can talk about it. The protesting, like I said, is something different. But, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, did I answer your question? I apologize. I go on my rant and I thought, like, hey, did, <laughs> did I answer your question? No, it's good. It's good. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Um, well, I want to, how does, you mentioned family and, and that, that, um, that group has come up a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I love that community and it's, it's an improv theater, right? For people with disabilities. Is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's a theater how? group. Actually, they put on, uh, okay. Yeah, that, that's, um, how, I know you told me a little bit about that experience when we, we talked uh, previously, but how is how was an experience like that? How did that, you know, how, how did that, what did that do for you, right? Like, did it, you know, for like confidence and help build confidence? Like, what was that experience like working with that theater group? It, it opened my eyes to things that, um, I, you know, I heard about families since I got here about 10 years ago, and people always say, hey, you have mental families, like, hey, have you, do you know this person, she or he was for uh, a family doing this, and I didn't know, I didn't know, and I, you know, I felt kind of bad, because as people were asking me, did I go to one, and then uh, one day, uh, someone asked me to, uh, would I be interested in actually performing with family, and I'm like, look, I'm not an actor, so I don't know if I can do this or not, because, uh, I don't have any acting experience. I mean, I got, I can act like a fool, but I don't know how to, you know, necessarily act like anything else. So 
uh, I went down and I read with Reagan Lincoln. Reagan is uh, the artistic director. And uh, with her prodding and my wife's prodding, I did it. And what I found out when I got the role and then also started uh, acting and uh, rehearsing with these folks is at first, I have to, I have to admit, I thought it was going to be a feel-good, huggy-huggy, uh, look how great you're doing kind of a, uh, you know, a group of people. And I was so savvy. I was so mistaken because, one, one of the things they did, they, I wasn't learning my lines quick enough, and they locked me in a damn room and with themselves, and they wouldn't let me go home until I learned the line. And uh, so I found out very quickly they were very serious about their craft. And uh, these were uh, 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 veterans of the stage and theater. So I had to bring myself up to, to their level, and it made me look at it in a different way. I was like, you know, I've been shortchanging my own folks, you know, as far as this is the acting thing. I thought it was just going to be like some, like I said, some little hug fest or whatever. No, I, and the, you know, you get notes when you're doing acting. And I thought notes was at first was something that was a good thing. But no, the more notes you get is when they let you know you're fucking up. <laughs> so I didn't know that. But, you know, and it, it was a really good experience because, you know, like I said, I, I got to be around folks that were, just consummate professionals. And it just made me look at theater differently. It made me look at the process of working hard for something to love and just your craft. Uh, and despite being that, despite having a disability, despite having that. And then also the, the willingness of the larger performing arts center to adapt to us. They would make ramps. They made, I mean, in my, my baddest rock star performance every night was, I came up through the stage, uh, like uh, being FDR, and that's the way I entered my my scene. So I was like, I was like, I was like Beyonce for like uh, two months. So I just come up through the stage and the same lines and everything. But I thought that was so badass that they made this a uh, this happen. And and for, I know a lot of people would come every night. I mean, it got to the point where, you know, I would ask the stage man, a stage manager, how many people got in the audience tonight? Oh, seven fifty. Uh, Gosh, so what you got of 800? You know, I got to the point I was getting addicted to it because it was such a good experience and it didn't feel like we were putting on a show for to show, hey, look, we're disabled. We're doing things. No, we were up there doing a job that was asked of us and we were doing something that all of us felt passionate about. And we control the narrative once we got on stage of how you see us. This is how you're going to see us. And that was the power right there is how you're going to see us. So, and from everybody from the stage director to the artistic director to the persons that are in the uh, orchestra pit, they did a wonderful job. So that, it taught me a lot as far as just like, you know, you could be next level with your shit despite your disability. And I knew that, but I knew it about myself. I didn't necessarily know about others could do that to that level. So, yeah, that's what I learned from that. That was just a really big, a big time learning experience for me. Hey, uh, hey, Stuart, this is uh, Chris again. Um, <laughs> oh, God. I'm not, I'm, you know, when I did that, I was like, he is not going to let me live this fucking down. I never get to <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, no, trust me. Uh, we're we're, we're going to send you a check. It may not be to your name, but trust me, we're going to send you a check. So uh, <laughs> It'll be in Chris's name. <laughs> yeah. Just one of Big old, big, one of those big old two foot long checks. Big one, all over it. 
<laughs> oh God! <laughs> so, I, uh, I, well, so I, what, what I'd love to, you know, um, Stuart, because er, since I've known you, you've always had um, an amazing positive attitude. Since you were on the, you and I both were on the commission for people with disabilities. Uh, we both believe in making a change. Uh, you're you're active on so many other levels, just within the uh, city and county of Denver and beyond. And I'd love just to, you know, um, what keeps you like with 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 everything going on between George Floyd, with uh, we we know ADA is great, but it, there's so much more to go. What keeps you ticking? What keeps you moving? What keeps you so positive? I'd love for people to get a little little bit of that, my friend. Uh, the fact that a lot of people woke up dead this morning and it fucked their day up and I woke up this morning alive <laughs> and I feel like that's a gift right there, especially in today's climate and everything else. And just in general, I mean, I, I, you know, I look at people sometimes and they, I think to myself, damn, you know, when they're not smiling or for that matter, just not happy or just crappy individuals, whatever your situation may be. And, uh, uh I just think to myself, you know, happiness is a choice. I choose to be happy. Um, I, I, when I leave the house, my father used to tell me all the time, he's like, look, when you go outside in public store, you put your best foot forward. You put on a smile. If you, are, you, you don't make time for people. Because he told me that because he said there's so many people that are locked up in a prison and they can't get out. They got a cell and they let them out for, what, three or four minutes a day and then they go back in their cell. He said, so enjoy yourself. If you're not ready to go outside and greet people at your best, then don't go outside. Why are you going to put that on them? Why would you put that on them? They, 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 they don't know you. They don't know anything about you. They're just saying hi because they're trying to be pleasant. And then you come at them with, burr, 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 burr. and it's like, well, why? You could stay, stay in the house for that. So, you know, for me, it's just that I have been very fortunate in my life to be, I'm just a happy person, man. I, I'm just a happy person. I'm just happy that I'm here, and uh, there was a guy named Rodney that I was at one of the cabinet and the community uh, events with that the mayor would hold off, and, and he said to me, he says, you know what, Stuart, I get that uh, I feel like, you, you know, you've lived these 37 years, and you want somebody to know that it's not that bad. It can be lived. The life that you're living can be lived at a quality, a uh, level of quality where it's not, it, being in a wheelchair isn't a death sentence. That's basically what he's trying to say. It's not a definite. And, you know, I tell people, it's like, you know, I, I've done a lot of things and I'm going to keep on doing a lot of things because, I mean, what else am I going to do? I mean, I can't, I, I'm not going to sit in this house all day long. I'm not going to cease my life, uh, 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 cease living life. I, 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 just, I just want to make people's lives better. If I can just go down the street, we can't do it now, but, it, you know, going down the street and if I just smile at somebody, hey, how you doing? And I, I feel like, damn, if anything, they can look at me and say, well, damn, why am I being so shitty? If that guy in the wheelchair just passed me, he smiles and everything. You know, I mean, it's, 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 really, it's really hard for me to, to get in a negative space of mind, and uh, I, I can't do it. I can't. It's, just, it's a waste of time for me. Uh, it really is. So I, I guess, you know, I don't know if that answers your question, but I rambled a lot. Uh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's great, Stuart. And I've, I've uh, you know, since I've known you, what people need to also know about you is that that is a, it's a for real thing with you. And I know uh, Mayor Hancock and other uh, state level dignitaries, they, 
when they when they see you, they know you and they respect you <laughs> and they uh, they honor the suggestions that you give, buddy. Well, you know what? The feeling is mutual with them, and uh, I I I I like people. I genuinely like people, and uh, you know, I know that sounds a little Pollyanna or whatever, but you know, I was looking at some uh, quotes with Anne Frank the other day, and it says, you know, despite everything, I still truly believe that people are good at heart. And I think they are. I think that sometimes they get a little skewed with life and the way that things happen in life. And but I think that people have good intentions. They just get fucked up sometimes when uh, other things, uh, you know, come into the mix. So, you know, even, even that Chris fella. Yeah. <laughs> I see. I can't, as they say, I can't, I can't with you. I can't. <laughs> well, Stuart, we really appreciate you uh, coming on the podcast today. Thank you so much for giving us your time. Um, Mike oh, and Yubi, uh, I guess Mike, a.k.a. Chris, uh, but we, we call him Mike here. Uh, and thank you so much again oh, for, for creating a great podcast. Yeah, and thank you. I'm never living that down. I know I'm never living that down. <laughs> and, to, and to our audience, thank you so much for listening. As usual, um, you can uh, listen to the podcast on our website, chooseinclusion.com. We also have it available on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Uh, closed captioning is also available by uh, listening to us on our YouTube channel. You can get access to all those links on our chooseinclusion.com website. And uh, thanks again, everyone, and enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Stuart. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. It was fun.